Welcome to Present Company, the Netflix podcast that brings you dynamic conversations with exceptional people behind your favorite series, films, documentaries, and specials. I'm your host, Krista Smith. For years, I was Vanity Fair's ambassador to Hollywood, interviewing countless actors as well as creatives and authorities across the spectrum. My passion is talent, any form of it. How do you know you have it? How do you cultivate it? How do you protect it? And also, I want to get to the heart of what drives it. On this podcast, I'll be talking to people in Hollywood and far beyond. Thank you for joining me. It's a real joy to introduce today's conversation with Adam Driver. He's an actor whose talent, as well as his work ethic, always leaves a profound impression on me every time I see him. His career has taken him from television to independent film to the world of Star Wars. But even though his success has reached a dizzying altitude, he has kept a steady eye on his priorities. He joins me to discuss his new film, Marriage Story, from Academy Award-nominated filmmaker Noah Baumbach, in which he plays Charlie, a husband and father who is navigating a marriage falling apart. It's a stunning performance, one you'll be thinking about long after the film is finished. In this conversation, we talk about Adam's background, his foundation that brings the arts into the military, his friendship with Noah, and of course, we talk a little Kylo Ren too. Enjoy. It's great to see you, Adam. It's good to see you. (laughs) Uh, I was looking at your IMDb page, as one does, and I realized, like, 2009, you basically sad card with Law & Order and a couple other little shorts, and now Uh here we are. It's been 10 years, and now look where we are. Yeah. It's, like, amazing. Yeah, it's it's, uh, very surreal. Right? Has has your relationship changed to your work in the in the past decade, or is it still kind of the form that it was even when you were starting out? Um, that is a good question. I I think that there are certain things that I've found to be more economical with, uh, um, as far as working with, because I just have an understanding of. of uh, film sets and uh, mm. so things like that. That uh, I mean, when I graduated, my my goal was just to make a living as an actor, Not, and that that would have been a miracle in and of itself, and it is a miracle. But to have worked with the people that I got to work with, I couldn't like couldn't begin to think that that was gonna mm-hmm. that that was in the cards for me. But I I don't know that that. Uh, I mean, yes and no. My relationship to how I move about the world has changed because of being an actor. Uh, I don't know. That's kind of a big question. It's hard for me to pick one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way of working hasn't really. Uh, I've, I've figured out kind of what I like uh, more, which is to uh, not necessarily in terms of projects, but in um, uh, of not having a right answer when I uh, mm-hmm. am doing things. To kind of you know, acting is very much a a service industry. So I I think I have learned uh, better to. Um, uh, not come in on a set and oppose my way of working uh, right. to let the director set the pace and the, uh, and really uh, to think about it. I'm here to uh, tell his story. And um, I, I, there's ways I like that are working that I preferred, but I also know the benefit of 
working outside your comfort zone because then they then they kind of inform the the things that you thought you needed on set that you actually don't need maybe mm-hmm. that you think that what you're doing uh, is shifting tectonic plates but it's actually it's actually um, that I need less on a set I guess I've learned yeah. that uh, and I mean but there's lots of things that, that it's changed it's changed every everything in a way and then also it, nothing has changed nothing really. has I, I've never figured anything out I, I've, I really <laughs> though but I've worked with I worked really early with uh, like Frank Langella and mm-hmm. um, uh, Diane Wiest and I saw the anxiety in them at, uh, these two people who I had you know these long careers and have done Many things, and I'm like, oh, oh, that, that's the great thing about this job, and why you can do it for so long is that you never figure anything out, and that's the terrible thing about this job is that you really have to figure out a way of coming at peace of not knowing anything. So I, that I haven't. I think that's something that you have to have um, that you get to explore, hopefully, for as long mm-hmm. as you want to do it. But uh, that's also what keeps you motivated. What I love about your performances is, and I can think of very few actors that have it. You just have such a sense of immediacy on screen. Like it is oh, just like you. you're present and it's a sense of immediate and urgency that's happening, even in the quietest moments, even when you're not doing anything. And obviously you've always had that. It, you, you you are who you are. We bring part of ourselves into, into our work. But did that get refined at Juilliard or how did they not beat that out of you at Juilliard? Like, <laughs> how have you retained that? And I mean, I guess it's kind of a, that's a hard question to answer, but I guess my question to you would be is how, how have you evolved from yourself um, want, wanting to be an actor going through Juilliard and having that quality on screen still? I think at Juilliard, I became aware of time management in a way, mm-hmm. and also just coming out of the you know your life, my life before then, and yeah. being in the military, and coming from Indiana, I think I learned that uh, a lot of things that you can do in a day, and that time management was a really big part of an actor's life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so when we're working, I guess I I think it's an incredible opportunity that we're. Um, and this is why I like working with Noah so much. It's what an amazing thing that we get to make a movie, that we're going to make a document or uh, tell a story. We're going to film it, and it's going to last forever, and we're going to isolate ourselves away from our family. Uh, someone's going to pay us millions of dollars to be there. People in the crew are not with their family mm-hmm. either, and the work the work days are going to be 12 to 14 hours. They're going to be really long for a long extended period of time for for months on months, uh, months on end. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? And um, it, it, and then ask an audience to take two and a half hours out of their lives to watch it, you know, uh, with the hopes of that it'll find an audience in a culture that maybe has nothing to do with you um, that either serves as a, as an informative thing or a, uh, or as inspiration or, as a thing that maybe articulates a thought in them that they hadn't thought of before or within them with themselves or within their community. That's what an awesome opportunity that is. How do you, how do you uh, not take that as seriously as possible? And Noah, I feel like we share this thing. I mean, again, this is trying to comment on a quality that I feel is almost arrogant to say, but uh, I can say it, but your relationship with Noah, to me, he has an incredible ability to exploit 
your seriousness and your instinct for comedy. And he uses both of them. And that is what I love about Charlie in this particular uh, role that we're going to talk about, obviously for Marriage Story that you did. It it was like, it's like a lit stick of dynamite, this character for you. And I think that Noah really, the, the, your connection allowed you two to create this character that he was able to use all of your best bits. Yeah. That's a nice way of saying that. Yeah, that, that's a... And I like that 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 idea. Mm-hmm. If that's if that's true, I mean, he is. He he wrote something that uh, maybe because I mean that's a good thing about also with working with friends where um, it does save you a lot of time. I feel like on set you can't keep yourself away from the director, or mm-hmm. you can't you can't hide yourself from the actors or the um, other people on the set. It would do the the thing itself a disservice if you kept something that related to the movie. I think private. You know, so because we know each other uh, so much more intimately than other relationships that I have with other directors, that that getting to know you period of of you know cutting to the point really quick is uh, it's just faster, you mm-hmm. know. And I know what he uh, his instincts and tastes on things, and and he knows the things that I'm worried about, and 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 I think maybe that that. Uh, it just helps. It, it helps. Also, it's like I don't often separate the balance of friends, friends and work mm-hmm. relationships. I feel like they're often intertwined. You're isolated with these people under an incredible amount of stress. Mm-hmm. Some people really rise to the occasion and show that they're there to that they you know they have your back, and and you inevitably bond over that. Then you just want to keep creating. I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like with all my relationships in life, you always want to. You learn a lot about someone uh, through work. So, I'm, again, I don't know if this is really answering your question. But. No, it is. It's, and you also had this unique triangle this between you and Scarlett and Noah because it's this three-hander in a way. And, I, and the way he balanced both totally. the emotions and the screen time and the all of it, it's just perfectly balanced yeah. how was that working uh working with scarlet and and noah through all that did you like the rehearsing of it and just talk to me a little bit about that working with her and him uh i mean Scar- scarlet i think i think having come from theater really helped and also the, noah comes from theater uh also so um and same with scarlet mm-hmm. so th- there was a, a like-mindedness about how to how to uh manage time during rehearsals that we didn't need to talk that that we didn't need to you know say so it felt really organic right away and i don't know maybe necessarily can attribute that to being from the theater but it it felt like the way we rehearsed it felt very much like rehearsing a play we were in some like you know overly lit you know basement we blocked out everything on the floor just like you do in a rehearsal and for two weeks you know went over the fight then we went into the and all of our scenes, we you know we go into the space we're shooting it. We rehearse it there too. So, uh, you know, again, I, I think that it could have been a totally different experience if we weren't working with people like like uh, Scarlett who weren't available uh, immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it, uh, it it was great. Is the short answer? Do you have a checks and balances with Noah? Like when you know you've got it as an actor, and he may think he doesn't have it as a director do you guys ever reach that 
oh, point all the time. I think we, <laughs> but we also share, we also suffer from the same disease of, well, let's just do it again. Let's just do it again to make sure, you know, yeah. and then let's just do a couple just as an exercise. And then let's go back and do a couple more. And then we keep pressing the schedule because we want to, you know, there's no right answer to it. There's no right way to play it. And we're not going to come back here and do it again. This, mm-hmm. this is like the one, one of the few jobs you kind of got to get it right the first time, you, mm-hmm. you know, so we don't want to leave any stone unturned, but we definitely enable each other's bad behavior. You mm-hmm. know, I'd be curious to actually to find out which, which ones that he does wind up using. Um, I think it varies. Obviously you love the stage and you did burn this and, and you, you know, went to conservatory and all uh-huh. of that stuff. But in terms of filmmaking, what's your favorite part of the process for you? Is it the rehearsing and the figuring it out? Is it the morning when you know you're going to wake up and shoot a certain scene? The, the making of it on the day. That's my favorite part of it. The, mm-hmm. the problem solving uh, in the moment. That's my, my, my favorite part. Whether it be like a technical thing or it's, it's the most, you know, the hottest part of the fire. Mm-hmm. is where, where, where we, We're either racing the clock or we're... Uh, there's a problem with the, you know, the baby or the dog, you know, the, or there's a problem with the camera, you know, like that's my favorite part of, <laughs> there's a murder. Yeah, upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I like that part, the, the, the making of it, you know, uh-huh. not the anticipation because that, that is the hardest part, I think. Uh, but the, the, the actual on the day shooting, that's my mm-hmm. favorite part. Have you felt like the further you've gone, like we talked about 10 years now, and obviously with Star Wars and the enormous impact that odds got to have on your life and also your career and, and building these, uh, Patterson working with Jarmish and obviously this movie with Noah, which I think is a perfect film. I love it so much. Oh. Uh, do you feel more pressure now and more deliberate in your choices or are you still kind of can you exist freely in, in what's responding to you or you feel like there's other things you have to check off now? No, I, I, you know, at the beginning of my career, I just did anything, anything mm-hmm. that anyone asked me to do. Cause I had no faith that I was ever going to work. So then I became to a point where I got to choose the things that I wanted to do in a way, you know, yeah. of, uh, not entirely, but like of the, you know, the things that I, mm-hmm. people asked me to do, uh, and, but those have kind of seemed like no brainers to me. So I, I I, have, I feel no pressure to do any specific thing. Um, it's a director's medium, so it just seems to make sense that you would want to try to work with great directors. And I've been really lucky enough uh, mm-hmm. to do that. But I feel no like pressure to stay in a you know do a bigger movie or a smaller right. movie. It's always and and even Star Wars. I Star Wars I wanted to do because JJ was directing it. Mm-hmm. You, you know. Um, and lucked out that, you know, Ryan was the next person to direct it. So it, it still has all felt like indie movies to me or smaller because the conversations on set have felt the same. So, uh, you know, that, that's the thing I want to do. Mm-hmm. I, I've, if I can, I have no um, other pressure than that, I guess. Right. And the character, Kylo Ren is such a great complex character too. Even if you weren't set in the world of lightsabers and costumes and all the other stuff that, that world is fantastic, but the character, like who he is as a person, is there's a lot of humanity in that too, which I think has got to be a, a, a draw as well. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember first conversations yeah. with JJ were all about the first thing, you know, was about story and character. Right. And, and he gave me a kind of a blueprint of where he saw the character going that I'm, I'm really excited that we're fine, that the last piece of it is, um, is a, is about to come out because it was you know 
he, 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 it has to be a breathing person or no one will mm-hmm. care. And right. he, he's definitely, oh, hopefully it is that. He, and JJ is definitely someone who's character over spectacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's incredible. I love, I love oh, the series. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, my good. kids love it too, obviously. So I've seen oh. it a lot. Uh, okay. <laughs> I've had a lot of time <laughs> like, for judgment. Too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, was there a favorite in marriage story? Was there a favorite or a scene you were most anxious about? Because you have a lot like the fight scene, the knife scene, the scene in, uh, you know, when you have to sing being alive. And yeah. was there something that spoke to you more than others or one that you were more thrilled when it was done. I, you know, there's always that one scene in a movie where you're overthinking or anticipating or or dreading or excited mm-hmm. to do that you're aware of in the schedule. I'm like, oh, it's you know, it's not, it's too soon, or you know, I have, I don't have an understanding of, I haven't found my feet yet of a character, or uh, and really, honestly, for this movie, every scene felt, and again, which is a testament to his writing, the stakes were so incredibly high that they all feel felt like too early in the schedule. Like Halloween, to me, felt way too early in the schedule mm-hmm. when we were doing that. The fight seemed too early in the schedule. Like I, but that, again, because he wrote scenes where it, there was such a sense of urgency, even small scenes that I thought, oh, this will be. I, I don't have to overthink this so much when you actually have to say the lines to Eji, you know, your, mm-hmm. um, who plays, uh, uh, Henry in the movie to your son, or you have to say him to Alan Alda, then they, they take on a whole different meaning that on the page, you know, wasn't so obvious. So they all, they all kind of felt that way. It, it, uh, in in a good way that we felt we were making it and it all felt urgent, you know, at the, and at the front of our feet. But, uh, so yeah, that's my, again, long answer. Mm-hmm. No, I there wasn't, that. there wasn't any one thing in particular. The, the fight was hard, but it just, it was hard because it was longer, you know? Right. We shot it for two days where most scenes we just, you know, had the afternoon or the morning, but that, that just went on for a lot longer, but they, mm-hmm. the stakes still felt as high. I want to talk about the arts Oh yeah. for military, right? Yeah, the arts, arts and the armed forces. Arts and the armed forces. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Uh, one of the things that is absolutely true, and I grew up, my father spent his life in the military, oh, is that branch? he... Um, well, he had two branches. He was a colonel in the army and a captain in the Navy because he dealt with, he started as an infantry, like infantry, infantry, whatever. And then did the, uh, GI bill and went to college and he just stayed in the military. So we grew up right outside of Lowry Air Force Base. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So I remember this is, this is why this speaks to me. I remember as a kid, uh, going and seeing the movies in the theaters and they would always be a year later or whatever, but you'd go to the military theater and you'd always have to stand and Pledge of Allegiance Uh would would come and you'd see the movie. And that was the extent of it, right? Because a lot of our life revolved around that base. And it's the one thing, and I think you would agree because you spent time obviously in the Marines, is that as a soldier, you cannot, you, you can't afford to think about politics. You can't afford to think about anything other than the task at hand, right? Yeah. And by design, by design, it's structured that way Correct. so you can respond right. at a synapse. Right, yeah. exactly. So you can do what you are there to do. Right, yeah. And this idea of bringing in this very thing that makes people think, that's the whole part of it, is like right, right. to think of something different or to feel something different or unexpected. Uh, I just love that you are doing that. And I want you to tell me a little bit more about it. Like, Yeah, it w- well, it was this thing that so I... 
was in the Marine Corps. Then I got out and went to acting school at Juilliard, which couldn't seemingly were the polar opposites. But actually, the crossover is very obvious to me of working with a unit. You know, you're trying to accomplish a goal that's bigger than any one person. It's not about you. You have one role. You have to support that thing you're doing and uh, support the other person and their role. And then together you're making this thing that has nothing to do with you, but it's, you know. You're only as good as your weakest link. It's true. It's totally <laughs> it's true. And you it, have to yeah. be there to support everybody, yeah. you know, in front or behind the camera. And there's mm-hmm. a director who's leading it. And if they know what they're doing, what you're doing feels important. And when they don't, it feels like a waste of time and dangerous. Obviously, the stakes are incredibly different, but. Uh, it's like athletes too oftentimes when they transition exactly. into acting make really good actors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but the I noticed a change in myself that for the first time I was able to, through theater, through this abstract way of expressing something, was able to articulate a feeling in a way that just because from my background or from the military, I, I didn't have the language for, before. And it wasn't about it wasn't through plays that were about it wasn't streamers or, or Henry V. It, it was uh, Shepard or. Uh, Tony Kushner, you know, like, oh, oh, this for some, you know, True West is teaching me, uh, giving me this thought more about brotherhood and uh, genetics and escaping your history mm-hmm. than I that I hadn't really uh, thought of. And that really articulated this thing that I had in the, the military. And I'm like, what better community to share a new means of expressing a thought than than the people that were asking to protect our country from my, from my community that I just came from? Because as much as the Marine Corps or any branch of the military prides itself on having acronyms for acronyms. It's not, it's very yeah. lost in creating a space where people collectively talk about uh, this, a shared experience. And would they respond to that? You know, cause, cause your job is supposed to respond at a synapse. Do you really want people thinking? And I, yes, obviously you do. You want people to be able to process uh something that's happened that does that does nothing but make anyone if anything a stronger um grunt or airman or soldier uh so we decided to create this thing that was very pared down so we could we could really go to these theaters and all these bases have at these theaters mm-hmm. that are just used as a movie theater or, but and where we just read contemporary American plays that have nothing to do with the military and start, we'll do a day of training with them and then they'll come to this reading afterwards where there's no sets or costumes, no lights, everything is pared down. We just read a play and have a conversation afterwards about what the play means and it and has sparked some of the best conversation about, you know, it's what what's, makes it really fun to uh be an actor people are like i've never seen a, they're saying the things that you hope people say when they leave theater like mm-hmm. that was really challenging or i i've never seen a play before there's something about seeing it live that as you know uh spoke to me in a way that a movie can't you know mm-hmm. it's it's a really exciting project it's a logistical nightmare but it uh we travel on uh the performances itself the performances itself are really uh grat- we've gone uh, to you know Kuwait to um, Longstuhl mm-hmm. to uh, Walter Reed Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland. Mm-hmm. We do a performance on Broadway. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of great. The, it demystifies, it builds a bridge between the military and performing arts community that, you know, they're not very dissimilar. And uh, hopefully gives language to a community that I was told wouldn't understand it. You know, that they, the I, I reached out to veterans organizations. They kept telling me that, no, that the theater doesn't fit a military demographic. Mm-hmm. They'd rather see cheerleaders, and I, <laughs> <laughs> which I mean, cheerleaders are fine, yeah. but, um, 
Uh, so that, that's that's that project in a nutshell, mm-hmm. I guess. Is we perform uh, plays for a military audience mm-hmm. and um, and bond, I think, over our shared humanity, not necessarily our occupation, right, or your differences, more yeah. the sharing. Do you feel like if you grew up in middle of nowhere Indiana, do you feel like you have, by virtue of of your career and and living your life, do you think you've given inspiration to other? people in middle of nowhere indiana about possibilities in the world out there i don't know i don't know i don't think of um i don't know i haven't really thought about that (laughs) if i uh no i guess that's that would be good but i don't um i guess i hope so i yeah that's what i like to say i I hope hope so. so just because it is it's it is unique. It's not my intention to. <laughs> so, You're like, oh, I'm going to show it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm going to. Yeah. I have a list of people that I'm trying. Uh, uh, no, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know that what I'm doing is is qualifies as that. Because mm-hmm. I, 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 that would almost imply that I have a master plan or ownership yeah. or control and and I don't. No, we have I, no ownership, right? I, I I've been lucky, but I've been lucky and I work hard, but I'll, there's a lot of actors that work hard and I've been for one reason or another put in this position. I mean, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Uh, <laughs> well, it's true. It's like, look, you as a kid watched a lot of movies, right? We yeah. all the, the people that are drawn as to this profession, you know, we had some entry point of things that were important to us. And it's just, it's so interesting and uh, inspiring when one person, because it is such a gauntlet and luck and all these things play into it, actually gets out and gets to do that thing. Yeah. So that's what I like about it. That's what I think for you, it's got to, it's got to be reaching someone we don't even know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm just, it's surreal that I get to work with the people that I've, you know, that thing where you always see people from afar and who have served as an inspiration to you that Mm -hmm. suddenly or you're in dialogue with about something that they're trying to create is a very, it's a, it's a hard thing to articulate. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. why I'm so inarticulate about it. (laughs) It's just, it's very surreal. Well, I love this community that you and Noah have. And I, I didn't actually, I talked to him a little bit about it, but it reminds me of what I've read about all those. Cassavetes, for example. Exactly. Cassavetes, yeah. all these filmmakers had in the 70s when they were just starting out. And now they're all bold faced names and have gone on to win Oscars and have huge careers. Sure. But it feels like you guys have a bit of a lot of that, actually, this just dialogue around what you're trying to do and a, and a, and a trust and a not a a benevolent competitiveness to push each other. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's like, uh, again, those, that's history that I, uh, I mean, because we were talking about Cassavetes are, you know, the amount of people who are all intertwined in a room, that generation in particular, you know, or you, you know, George Lucas and Brian De Palma and Spielberg and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, Scorsese, all creating things in rooms and the trial and error. Scorsese was telling me this awesome story that he was sleeping on the set of one of Cassavetti's sets and like the phone rang and he picked it up the phone and it said prop phone. You know, he was like, <laughs> yeah. he was living on the set, yeah. you know, and their lives were so intertwined. The, the Again, the friendship, uh, work uh, relationship is very blurred. And uh, I, I don't know if we're necessarily honoring that history that might sound so self uh, too self-important but the it just seems like a an organic way of creating something is through constant dialogue as opposed to you know that not having that relationship not not um 
being locked in a room with someone and having to use your words to communicate a thought it, mm-hmm. it, like you you it kind of it, it just seems to make sense to me as a as or to us i guess as a as a way of working mm-hmm. you know well i love about marriage story is it's like it's like a theater troupe you, you know uh, sorry mm-hmm. I, no go ahead but go we ahead. were actually talking about that at, at dinner the other night what's so what's great about oh, those you know, theater troops. We were talking about this with um, Noah and, and Laura Dern, and you you don't see a lot of them now, and it's it's it feels very more familiar. Familiar. You it, you can work faster, also. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the Worcester Group. I was saying, yeah, first. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. the same actors doing the same. Right. You know, what's our what's our season look like? How yeah. are we going to do this? And it's it changes. Uh, they don't change, but what they do changes over time, and obviously yeah. every season they put on the productions. Or, or like you know, they get, or you get cast in things that you know is your weakness. You know, if anything, just to make you a stronger actor. They're, it's like there's more freedom to fail. They they mm-hmm. just know. Uh, I mean that that also that's the same. The great thing about being a conservatory uh, conservatory at Juilliard, you're you're. It's just so familiar. That's like a, uh, anyway. I'm again losing. A, no, it's very interesting. It, it's very. Yeah. It, it's. Uh, it's not about the thing. It's not about the end result. It's about the working on it. You know, that to think of it as an end result is, uh, you know, somehow makes it dead in a way. You know, you kind of have to um, uh, fail in making it. And it's, um, if you're around people you trust, your your impulses to make uh, bold choices, I think, just the, the bar is set, that you, you know, mm-hmm. in a way that's more comfortable, I think. Yeah, you challenge yourself. Yeah. That's great. Well, that's what I, I've seen this film many times uh, along the festival circuit with, with everybody. And uh, I watched it again very recently, knowing I was going to see you guys, and I'm seeing Laura later, about just to get myself back into the what, what spoke to me. And What's so great about Noah's films is they they never feel complete. I feel right, like right, right. I want to know what the conversation's still happening right. feels, and I mean that as a compliment. It's just like what's what's happening now with Charlie and Nicole, <laughs> right, and, is it, right, right. and is Henry is, is how is that happening? And you know, are they are they together? Are they? Did it get better? Did it get worse? I love that. Yeah. Well, his writing is so. Uh, voyeuristic and you can mm-hmm. tell that he just loves every one of them he he just he's such a good uh he's so aware um he's an aware person in life he is um uh able to articulate things and communicate thoughts with such clarity that uh and economy which is not a very um you know, incendiary word, but economy mm-hmm. is a really mm-hmm. uh, beautiful, a beautiful thing. That's it's something really to strive for. That he uh, is so disciplined about um, maintaining in his scripts. Things will change, but in degrees. You know, and with that kind of specificity and and attention to detail and commitment to uh, and love of characters. You know, it's not it's not an accident that he he. Uh, creates these great scripts, you know, and they're really, um, I'm really lucky to know him. He's really is such a great filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that he got your, I mean, no other actor could have played this role of Charlie other than you and no other director. Uh, I just feel like it's this lightning in a bottle 
this movie and these performances. Oh, it's well, thank you. Tremendous. And I congratulate you on thank that. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I know <laughs> you've you. got a million other things that you're doing. And I am just excited to really watch you kind of, to watch what else you do. Because you just get lost in every, you, you, no one sees Adam Driver in an Adam Driver movie. Which I think is one of the hardest things to basically maintain or have or be as an actor. But my hat is off to you, sir. No, that's very, that's a very and thank nice you for coming in. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. it's true. Yeah, thank you very much. Believe me, I tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, believe me, I tell this to everybody. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah. Trust me on that. Uh, okay. Bedside manner is not my uh, best quality. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me. Marriage Story is streaming now on Netflix. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you've been listening. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Krista Smith. Join me next time for more meaningful conversations here at Present Company. Present Company.